Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Almost Better Than Silence. I'm your host, Doug Coleman, and I'm here today with the other co-host, Brendan McCullough, and the other co-host, Matt Basta. It's been a little while. How are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly that good, apparently. <laughs> no, I, I guess we got... Uh, Fans in the background, really excited to hear our podcast. <laughs> yeah, they love us. <laughs> no, nah, it's so football excited. season, everyone, and we yeah. can't avoid that. But- I wish I could have that kind of introduction every time I'm on the show. Yeah, it's Mephasta! <laughs> Everybody yeah, give it so up! Excited. Woo! I would instantly get paranoid. I'd be like, there's someone's pulling a joke on me, and I don't know why. Like, I would immediately be suspicious. Yeah, but uh, how are you guys, though? I think we're doing okay, mostly. I'm That's done, good. Right. Cut down a tree today, cause fuck oh, nature. Wow. Fuck Whoa, nature. Whoa, lumberjack Bren. Yeah. No, it was like dying and stuff, so just cut Had it down. Had to go. Yeah. Nothing special. That makes sense. But Matt's been doing kind of special things with Pinecast. Do you kind of want to talk about that before we get into games and things? Um, sure. Yeah, I I've been sort of looking at how people use the site and sort of the rough edges, and I realize, um, perhaps way too late <laughs> that uh there's there's a lot of things that are sort of suboptimal as far as like finding things and knowing about things and um there have been features that like you haven't even known about and you've asked me things <laughs> and i've been like oh yeah just go to this page and then click on this button and then click on these other three buttons and then it'll take you to another page and i i said you know what fuck all that um, we're going to flatten things out. I've been making things into tabs. I've been making the tabs better. I've been adding, um, some fancy new features and new visual styles and cleaning things up. Um, I'm pretty pleased with it. Things are, things are really coming along. Um, it's looking a lot better. It's a lot easier to use. Uh, the import tool is a lot better. So if you have a podcast already and you want to bring it to Pinecast, oh yeah, it's so excited about the import tool. <laughs> <laughs> they liked it the way it was. <laughs> the funny thing is i was gonna try to edit these things out but now i might as well keep them in it's for the too sake late of humor yeah yep. um <laughs> it's hard not to notice them like for us so it yeah you might as well just keep it in. and it's less work for you hey i dig it yeah <laughs> uh, it's funny because by the end of this recording i do want to upload some old screenshots of pinecast to our subreddit because it has come such a long way and even now like you streamlining what it's become is this like i can't like Initially, I thought to myself, how could it get any better? And here you are, like, making it a lot more intuitive and stuff. <laughs> well, I remember looking back at, like, past episodes and seeing, some, like, when we were trying to name it. And just, I forget what we were coming Pod up Master. with. Like, it, yeah, we Pod Master. Podmaster. Oh, that was That's my right, fault. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, I forget what... Uh, then I found out that there was like some kind of boat motor called this, Podmaster, no, and I was it was the submarine. Oh, it was like a submarine yeah. company called Podmaster. Unbelievable! It was like some stupid shit, and I was like, "All right, well, it is taken, and fuck it." I don't know. It wasn't that good to begin with, but and the reason I was going with Podmaster was because initially I wanted it to be like a "Oh, we'll edit your podcast for you" service, and that kind of just like went out the window because fuck that. It's not really. <laughs> I, I, you I said you'd do that. that. Uh, we never agreed. To that. No, that that's honestly what I. Th- was initially thinking with that name and then uh no matt was like i'm gonna do like the hosting service and i'm like uh maybe you could do something with that but no i'm so i'm really glad we went with pinecast and that was an interesting like i don't know where that came from you just kind of threw it out there and it was great yeah well it it was one of those things where i was thinking you know like i wanted to have like a positive connotation and who doesn't like nature am i right 
besides yeah. Republicans. And so I thought to myself, <laughs> let's let's do something where it's like it sounds very like fresh and very new. I looked at all of the other podcast hosts that were sort of up and coming. One of them is called Simplecast. One of them is called Zencast. Don't sign up for them. Um, <laughs> Fuck please. <those> does. <laughs> no, their, their, their services are very good, but they serve a, a sort of a different segment of, of uh, podcasters. Um, and I thought, well, I want it to be, you know, sort of like this sort of bright, positive image before people even sign up for it. And in fact, I did a, a test. Google has this service called Google Surveys. And the idea is you can sort of ask a bunch of questions and put it in front of like real users and they'll tell you their opinion. And so I came up with a bunch of names and then I took a bunch of names of services that already exist and Pinecast was one of them. And I put it up and surprisingly Pinecast actually did fairly poorly and Podmaster came in at like zero, like it was (laughs) totally like bottom of the list. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Don't doubt that for a second. Some of the other ones, uh, the ones that scored better, I actually eliminated for different reasons. Um, sort of just like it didn't really line up with what I was going for. It didn't have the right connotation. Some of them I found out later um, already had like trademark issues. Um, yeah, so that's how we came up with Pinecast as the name. Uh, and Bren, you really liked it because you like pangolins. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this little like GIF online where it's just a pangolin like walking along. And then he jumps up and spins into a ball in the air and then lands back down and keeps walking. So it loops. And I was I was pushing so hard for that to be a loading icon for the what, <laughs> website. Maybe, maybe we'll do something with that someday, but <laughs> maybe not quite yet. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's like a, it's a real company now. Um, we've got a pretty decent number of paying users, which is cool. So like it, it pays for itself. We've got some funding. Um and, you know, it's sort of gotten to a point where, you know, it's a serious service that people are relying on. And I figure, you know, I, I might as well sort of invest in the future of it and, and make it better and make it easier to use and find those places that people are struggling. Um, and, and that's what this work is. I've spent all weekend sort of hammering things out. Um, I've written like 2,500 lines of code this weekend alone. Jeez. Um, at the time of recording, um, I've rewritten the user settings page, um, which is much cleaner. I've rewritten the new and edit podcast pages. I've redone the entire import tool. So if you already have, well, I think I mentioned this already. I, if you're, if you already have a podcast and you want to bring it to Pinecast, um, it, it's much simpler now. Um, it's much cleaner. It's, it's, uh, more informative. So it tells you what's going on behind the scenes. It's better um, for the environment. It's, recyclable. it's better for the environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> yep. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, the first run experience, uh, is, is vastly improved. You, you know, you sign up for the first time you sign in and, um, you can get started and, and have a pinecast, a, a pinecast, a podcast up and running in a minute, two minutes. Um, I guess it depends on how long it takes you to type. So <laughs> do one stuff. letter at a time. Just, bup, Oh, bup, it's, bup. It's funny you said, like, you could have a Pinecast, but there is a podcast called, like, The Pinecast or something ridiculous, and we were like... There is, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, and that was, like, it's, something we were I think it's, like, about. Seattle sports teams or something, but, like, yeah. none of their teams are, like, Pine-related. Like, I don't know why that's what they're called. Yeah, beats me. But, uh, anyway, don't listen to that podcast either. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but no, uh, let's also talk about video games, because that's what we're really here for. Uh, have you been playing many video games? I mean, it sounds like you've been pretty fucking busy with code and all that I shit. I actually have, yeah. Yesterday, um, I spent a solid eight hours writing code, and I, I was really hungry and burnt out, and so I, I got some junk food out of the fridge, and I sat down and played an oldie but a goodie, uh, Dungeons of Dreadmore. Um, and I've been really, really happy with that, really enjoying it. Um, it's one of my favorite games to sort of just like sit down with and, and grind. Um, I would bring it up and, and tell you what sort of like, uh, character attributes and stuff I've been playing with. Um, but I, I'm super, super pleased with it. The game is coming along really well. Um, it's, uh, it's actually a really lucky playthrough. Normally, like, I play through one of these games and I just get clobbered over and over and over and I'm hanging on by a thread. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually found this really epic piece of loot super early on in the game. Um, and it was, like, a, a chance thing. So uh, through, it's it's a, a roguelike uh, dungeon crawler. And they have, like, um, fountains that you can drink out of. And I drank out of one of the fountains. And up until this point... I have never had a positive outcome from one of those. Um, <laughs> but sure enough, I drank from it. And at the bottom of the fountain, I find this ridiculous piece of jewelry, which is like a legendary item and adds like a thousand fucking points to my character. And I was like, oh, hell okay, yeah. <laughs> and nice. so like, I'm just walking through this dungeon, just one shotting everything. Um, <laughs> it's really, really epic loot. Um, and it, it's also interesting how you adapt your play style when you're on hardcore. Um, so when you're not on hardcore and you can respawn, there's sort of a lot of anxiety that I tend to have with uh, losing my year, right? So it's like if I had gotten this thing and I wasn't on hardcore, I would be like super paranoid and I'd probably like only put it on when I need to, like keep it in a pocket dimension or something. Um, but instead, like because it's on hardcore and I know if I die, I have to start over, um, I'm just wearing it. I'm very cavalier about it. And so like, I'm actually getting to use the item and, and, uh, it's a lot more fun. I think I've always had the problem with, uh, roguelites where I just get into the tunnel vision of grinding. And at a certain point, I no longer register what I'm picking up. I'm just, it's like, I died. Oh, well, moving on next one. And I die even faster. It's like, great next one. Mm-hmm. And like, I could have the best gear of my life, but I've just gotten so repetitive with it that I've lost focus. One yeah. of the interesting things about um, Dungeons of Dreadmore is that um, when somebody when when uh, an enemy dies, they drop their loot on the ground. So you don't like loot a corpse, um, and so everything that you can pick up is already there on the ground for you to pick up. And so you have to consciously go over and pick it up and put it in your inventory. Um, there's no sort of like auto. Auto looting. Well, I take that back. There is an auto loot feature, but there's only like, you have to pre-program it with the items that you want it to automatically pick up. So you have to say like, okay, I want you to pick up stakes and I want you to pick up gold and I want you to pick up whatever. Um, and that's what it does. Uh, but there's only, there's a limit of, I think like eight, eight or 10 items that you can have it pick up. Um, other than that, it won't auto loot. Uh, so it, it's interesting because it, it really forces you to sort of manage your inventory. Um, I wish there was, it was more convenient to sell junk because I would like to like say like, oh, I've got 19 helms that are shittier than the one I'm wearing. I just want to sell all of these or like, I don't have a crossbow. And so having all of these bolts doesn't make any sense. Um, 
But yeah, no, if, if you guys haven't played Dungeons of Dreadmore, um, I definitely recommend it. It's a great little dungeon crawler. Um, it's dirt cheap on Steam. Uh, and they came out with sort of an expansion a while ago, and it's excellent. It's, it's super, super engaging. I'm nice. afraid to try because, like, I see it and I'm just like, I'm going to relapse back into Binding of Isaac. I know if I start playing it, I'm going to get hooked again, and I, I can't, I can't go back. Apparently, they're making either another Binding of Isaac or, or like doing another remastering or something. I'm scared. Oh, you just have to turn a blind eye to that one. And no, there's there's only two roguelike games that really hooked me, and it was uh, One More Dungeon and Path to the Sky. And even just saying them out loud makes me want to go play them. Shit, because it's been a <laughs> while. But those are awesome games. Have you guys um, are are you guys fans of uh, Civilization? Um, I liked Age of Empires. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful at real time strategy games. Like I am terrible at them. Because Civ Six came out, and oh, shit. I have been—I haven't played it, but I've been watching it on YouTube, and it's very exciting. It's a very exciting thing, but I don't think I'm going to buy it for the simple reason that I know if I start playing it, I won't be able to stop. Yeah, um, yeah. It, I, I'm looking at my my Steam profile right now, and I've played 70 hours of Civ Five. And most of that is like combined into like four play sessions. <laughs> <laughs> that That's that was sick. my problem with Civ. I have Civ Five. I played it a good deal, but it's just like, oh man, I finally got like a science victory. Let me look. Oh, it's been fourteen hours. Like my god, it takes yeah. so long to finish. It, uh, it's, I got a buddy- it's a very long game to play. Yeah, I got a buddy of mine who I will say is definitively obsessed with Civilization because he has over three thousand hours. In Civ Five, oh okay. lord, just five, That's like too not much. including the whole franchise that he's been playing since they've come out. So, what yeah. about um, what about Hearts of Iron? Have you guys played Hearts of Iron? No, no I've never heard of it. Um, so it's a, uh, it's sort of like Civ, um, but it's uh like a World War Two game, and so mm-hmm. uh, you sort of start out with the world in sort of the, the political scenario at the start of World War II. And then um, it's very political, and, and so you like choose a, a political philosophy, and you have to build uh, like armies and shit, and then World War II will eventually happen, um, either through your actions or the actions of the AI. Um, it, it does have multiplayer, which is pretty cool. Um, and... Uh, it's super interesting. Uh, I, I've been watching a ton of it on YouTube, and um, it, it also likes Civ. It's a very sort of long game, and so you can watch like hours and hours and hours and hours of it. Um, but that's another game. If if you're into Civ uh, and you haven't played Hearts of Iron, you should definitely check it out. Oh, sweet! Yeah, that sounds interesting. I think I might have like a slight bias against real time strategy games, especially like world conquering ones. Just because of all the fucking nights I've had to play Risk with like buddies of mine are like, hey, mm. it's like 10, 10 at night. Let's start a game of Risk. I'm like, no, because it won't be over until like <laughs> six in the morning. Yeah, and it's I like remember- when a friend is like, hey, it's 8.30 p.m. You want to play some Monopoly? And it's like, oh, God. <sighs> I remember actively like trying to lose one time where I'm just like, I don't care. I'm not even looking at the dice. I'm just throwing them. And I would keep getting like sixes and just like high rolls and beating them. I'm like, I don't want to keep playing. Like I'm trying to lose. And the game kept me in it for like another hour. Would you guys be down to do some some Twitch streaming of 
of a game like that. We could do it like not at at night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah, like no, we down. could team up and do like a cooperative sort of like Hearts of Iron or Civ game. Um, sure. I would definitely like be interested in Hearts of Iron because that that the whole World War II premise sounds interesting to me, and I never tried it or heard anything about it until tonight. So yeah, yeah. We could I'm, also I'm try new, but we could also try Talisman or Armello and become the saltiest monsters on the. Planet. Oh, let's all just play Talisman. <laughs> me, me, and me and Bren played Talisman a lot on the stream in the past, but no, we should get Basta involved because that game is excellent. I don't know. I talked about Armello before, but like. The game's wonderful. It looks great. I love it. But it is like single-handedly one of the biggest salt-inducing games I've ever played in my life. Like just blind fury each time I play it. Excellent. And it, it is short though, which isn't the good thing about it. But cool. my god. Um, how about you, Bren? I have a couple new games to talk about, but I'm interested to hear if you've been playing anything. Well, speaking of salt, I've been playing Overwatch and there's the Halloween update. Oh, you're <laughs> back at it. <laughs> oh yeah. They got the weekly brawl for this one, or I don't know if it's weekly, it might be for however long the update is, but it's like uh, Horde mode, where you play as four heroes, you play Ana, Soldier, McCree, and Hanzo, and it's just waves of zombie robots, and then every now and then a boss will appear, and it's great. It's really different than the rest of the game, and I really enjoy it. Whoa. But it's, it sucks, because if someone loses connection or quits the match, they don't replace them. So if someone like drops out of the match while you're playing, you're pretty much fucked. Like You can't <laughs> really win. Shit. Um, it's so great though. There's a bunch of new skins and stuff. I am just absolutely furious because every character has a new victory pose where it's a, it's a tombstone and like their hand is coming out of it or something. And they're, they're all right. They're nothing great. I have gotten out of like, I've gotten five boxes so far with this update and each one contains one Halloween thing. And I've gotten three of the exact same victory poses with Zarya. I got three of the same duplicate stuff already out of the like 40 some new things they've updated with this pat. Like I'm so furious with it. Yeah, no, I I was going to say weren't you a couple episodes ago you're complaining about them with something else they were just like not hooking it up and it's just like all percentage based and you're getting screwed, I guess. Like yeah, and, like now you can buy them which is good, but like the summer games you couldn't buy the skins or anything new with that event. Now you can, but they're three times as expensive. So yeah, fuck that. It's still like fair and keeps them rare. But if you want like a legendary Halloween skin instead of the thousand coins in game, which are hard to get, like you can't just purchase the currency in game. You have to get it from duplicates or from from crates. Uh, so instead of the thousand, it's now three thousand, and I don't think anyone has that unless you just buy a hundred crates and just burn through them all to get the Jesus. coins. Which I know some people did. I know some like streamers and YouTubers do that the second the update goes out. They just drop $150 on boxes and just get everything. So if you got that money, but I, I think the duplicate system for those crates, if it's not completely random, it's certainly broken. Cause it just, I keep getting duplicates of the one thing I have. Um, what else? I've been playing, uh, well, I haven't played it yet, but I got tabletop simulator finally, which is just, full of so many different mods and all these different games. I'm really looking forward to it. I got it for like eight bucks through some charity thing. Nice. And it's like, yeah, it's going to a good cause and like helping people. At it's like, blah, blah, blah. This is super cheap. <laughs> like, that's what I have my eyes on. Um, and then I got one piece, uh, pirate warriors three, I think is the full title. Oh yeah. You talked about it, but hadn't played it yet. 
Yeah, it's essentially just Dynasty Warriors with the One Piece anime like skin and storyline and stuff. And if you don't feel like watching all of it or reading the 600 chapters of it, this is just a real spark notes like summary of it and if you just want to burn through it it's great like it it's pretty loyal to the source up till the very end is different than the um comics because it wasn't out at that time but it's great it's dynasty warriors with one piece characters it's exactly what i want so uh i was hoping to 100 percent it but then i found out i would need to like put in like over 100 hours into it and i just do not care like I, it's fun. It's mindless, but at a certain point, you can't take it anymore. Um, it's it's good, solid game, but I would not pay more than like thirty bucks for it, maybe. Okay, that's um, pretty much all I've been playing. Word. So I got a couple new games uh, over the past couple of days. Uh, have you guys heard of this game, Virginia, at all? I think it's on Steam too. I've only seen the name. I don't know anything about it. All right, so. It, I didn't know anything about it either. I was just kind of, I saw a trailer and, or actually, no, I played the demo. That's right. Downloaded the demo, was like, what's this all about? Super unique, strange graphic, like, uh, low poly count, low, uh, color palette choices, like, interesting setting. But, uh, you play as, like, the, in the state of Virginia, you're this, uh, player who's trying to work their way up in the ranks of the FBI and shit. And it's very interesting as like you first start out uh, on a case of an, a missing person and stuff. But the weird thing about the game is that the entire time there's no dialogue. So like th- there's no spoken word at all. And so I remember when I first loaded it up, there's this whole long intro with like opening credits and I'm like, all right, like, do we really need opening credits? Like, save that shit for the end. And it was long drawn out, and, like, for the style of game, they were really boring opening credits, so I was like, already, I'm gonna give, like, a full critique. Uh, but, in general, I'm like, you guys could have done something more interesting with that. Get into the game. First thing that I noticed that annoys me the most is how they kind of transfer from scene to scene. And I kind of realized why they do this, because they're telling a story in a really fast way. Uh, but what happens is you're playing, let's say like you're in one room and you're like in this, you're in this house where you're trying to, uh, investigate where this missing person is. And as you walk around, like after a certain amount of like, uh, interactions with objects in the building, you'll, you'll come to the point where it's like, oh, well, there's nothing to do. And you're like kind of stumbling around being like, well, what the fuck? And then it'll like shift to a whole nother scene and you're like in somebody's car or something. And it's like kind of like jarring. And they do that like the entire time throughout the game. Like, like I'd say every scene to scene, like switch is just like this jarring, like all of a sudden you're somewhere else. So, and they kind of use that to their advantage for like sequences where it's like your character's dreaming and stuff. And it's very like confusing. And I'm like, wait a minute. So like at one point your character's in jail and like i'm thinking to myself okay you see them in jail like night after night after night so i'm like okay well this is fuck fucking pointless and then all of a sudden the one guy just comes up and lets you out and you go talk to the commander in charge of the fbi and it's just like initially i was like why would that happen why would this guy just let you out of jail and it just turned out to be like this crazy long dream and like but in general there's this it's a long drawn out weird story of this character finding her way to the top of the fbi it's really 
a lot of your questions are just going to be left unanswered. Like, since there is no dialogue, I personally beat the game and still have no idea what the fuck was going on. And one at one point, like, I think you confiscate some LSD off of somebody, and she like saves a tab for herself. And while like while you're in jail, she like takes the tab of acid, and like uh, a brick in the wall falls out, and there's like this hidden uh elevator and then she goes to like this one room that's like all trippy as fuck and there's like like lots of like hallucinations it's really just a crazy psychedelic uh psychological uh experience but i i can't determine if i liked it or not because like i said all my questions were left unanswered and i didn't like how they like were so jarring in the transfer of like yeah transfer of scenes Hmm. yeah i'm seeing online that people are it, they're putting it in that category of like, is this a game? Video game? Like, no. Oh, that was another thing I was going to say. It almost seems like this game doesn't require a player in general. Like if it's like a walking simulator where you just look at things and press X and I'm thinking to myself, you could have just made a interesting short film out of it instead in all reality. And I think I would have preferred that. And I don't know. Cause this game it's, unique i'll give them that and i the worst thing about it is looking at the graphics and what they had available and like what the mechanics available i thought that this could be a great like fully fleshed out game uh let me also mention i got it for what 8.99 as a ps plus member so it's like fucking nine dollars but on steam i think you can get it for 10 regardless it's pretty cheap game so you have to know going into it it's going to be like one of those experience games and like i'd say what two to three hours of gameplay maybe less so all in all, I do, I like what they were going for, but I felt, uh, I, I felt like I was left empty handed, especially with all my questions and uh, a couple of things that bothered me. So, uh, I, I'd give it a five out of 10. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I think the main point for anyone like asking, like, is this like the question of, is this a game game? Um, it really depends. Does it, like you said, does it need to be interactive or, could this simply have been on rails the whole time and the character did everything it was going to do anyway, then it yep. would just be a movie. Like, So I think it, there really needs to be an element of a reason for why you would control this character versus if you just watch them do it all themselves. Agreed. Yeah, no one's going to have a different experience because there's like no like choice involved or anything. Yeah, like without spoilers, but I remember Firewatch. Wow, they really like football. <laughs> <laughs> You know it, uh, but like with yeah. over or not Overwatch, Firewatch. Um, this is this I, is the discussion that we had um, back with Firewatch, right? Like we we went over probably. this exhaustively, <laughs> right? Um, and it's one of those things where, like, it, if you contextualize it differently, it it begs the question of whether um, maybe it is a game, but like we're not ready for it yet, right? So, like, imagine Firewatch with VR. Right, like at a certain point, the physical experience this, yeah. of it, of of enjoying it is a whole lot different than just playing it on your screen. Right, like it might be very linear, and it it might be um, sort of the same experience for everybody in a lot of ways. And certainly, that's not entirely true with Firewatch because there are um, sort of those initial decisions that you make at the very beginning of the game that affect uh, the storyline. <clears throat> but you know, the the question becomes like. If you're suddenly placed in this extremely beautiful and graphically rich environment, um, and it's VR and it's an experience, uh, does that make it different or better? Um, and I think when you when you start talking about storytelling and 
you know, how VR or any other technology um, can affect that, it, it really sort of changes the conversation, right? Because then it's like, okay, well, how do you do a movie in VR, right? Like people want to be able to take their time. Just the, the simple act of like pausing and uh, enjoying your surroundings or investigating something or um, sort of being able to come to a realization on your own rather than it being told to you um, is a whole lot different. Now, granted, on a computer, um, when you're not wearing your Oculus Rift or whatever, it can be kind of bland. It can be kind of boring. Um, I, I would even argue that a lot of the Telltale games uh, can can sort of fall into that same bucket where it's like, all right, you've got three options, you know, and at the end of the day, like, there's maybe five endings. And like, who mm-hmm. fucking cares, right? So, like, oh, you know, so-and-so died. And it's like, well, is it really still a game? Is it a story? Like, could I have just had, like, a choose-your-own-adventure novel? You know, and, and you can sort of back and forth about the merits of whether it should have been a game or should have been a movie or whatever. But still, like... You know, people were doing that with YouTube since the dawn of time, where it's like, what should happen next? Click the link that you want in the episode description, and then it takes you to another video, right? And those haven't caught on. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. No worries. I think, um, I think because this, like, genre, whatever you want to call it, like, ha- there are multiple games that have done it and have been successful. So, I think there is an audience for it. I don't think the YouTube way was successful or wasn't successful for multiple reasons reasons why it didn't catch on but i think like with firewatch there there was one linear like story but you could branch off into little like dead end tunnels and find more to it or you could just keep going but from what you were describing doug and from what i've heard about the virginia this game is it's just there's real no exploration you can't like look around for stuff it's just kind of like what's here is here and that's all you get yes exactly if you can't find anything more then you're just seeing whatever the camera points at. Like, so at that point it kind of is a movie. So I, I think it just, really felt like it. Yeah. Just like there's some reward for interacting. If there's no extra thing, if you snoop around an area or you look through all the desk or you read all the files on the computer, if there's nothing extra, then it doesn't need to be interactive. Like it could just be a movie, but yeah, you're right. Bass. we've talked about this. I I think it's even worth noting, like, there's a lot of people that criticize games, like, oh, this this isn't really a game. But then there are also games that those same people, like, go apeshit over. And it's like, this has a one-hour (laughs) cutscene. Like, well, like, what the fuck is that? Like, if all you're doing is walking around and, like, slashing some enemies and it brings nothing to the table, like, why aren't we criticizing those games for for not being games, right? Like, if all you're going to do is take some Unreal Engine template code and then slap a bunch of, like, ridiculously long cutscenes with questionable dialogue in between. Like, couldn't you have just made a movie out of that and called it a day? You know? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. The Metal Gear Solid franchise is incredibly guilty of that, where I think 4, the ending of Metal Gear Solid 4, it has, like, a two-and-a-half-hour cutscene or something. Like, there's yeah, exactly. A, <laughs> you can save in the middle of it because they know how long it's taking, so you can, like, save it, go do something else, and then come back to it, like, because it's so long. Yeah, take a leak. Oh god. <laughs> um well that's that game that I've been playing and that's pretty fucking it was 
like like I said, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Iffy. Uh, but one game that I did get around to playing that I'm like obsessed with and having an amazing time with, but I still can't beat it because it's hard as fuck, is Res Infinite. Oh. No, Res Infinite, dude. Oh, I've been like, I don't know, since the beginning of the podcast, I probably expressed that Res is like one of my all-time favorite games ever. And it was like on Dreamcast, like an old, like obscure, like not many people followed up with it because they're like, that didn't really do it for me. But for me, it like left a mark in my, my memories. And I'm like, this game, what the fuck? And I always thought it would be a great uh, game to remaster. And here we go. It finally came out this month. I got my hands on it, PS4. It is sick. It's also got VR capability, which I don't have VR, but those who do go check that shit out because i can't imagine how much more immersive and insane that would be but for those who are unaware it's basically like this psychedelic rail shooter adventure uh where you're just like this like sphere or like this person shape thing traveling through space and you have to uh lock your onto a bunch of different targets and like the shooting down your enemies uh, syncs with the music, and it's just this crazy, like, trance-like experience. But it's a lot of, like, fi- like tapping the X button like a shitload. So you're just, like, bashing the fucking X button as fast as you can for, like, certain bosses and shit. And it's extremely, like, exhausting and tiring. Like, your hand, like, gets, like, insanely tired if, like, it's, like, a series of bosses. Like, especially, like, in Area 5. So I'm stuck on Area 5, but I, I in my first playthrough, my first uh, jump back into the game, I died on the first level because I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, God damn it, I forgot. This game's kind of tough. So then as soon as I uh, started playing again, I made it all the way through to Area 5. So I felt good because I was like, oh yeah, I'm in the zone. I remember how to play this game. But then I got to the final boss and she had like less than like a centimeter of health left and she killed me. And I was like, fuck. So I need to go back and try that. But it's really intense. Uh but I am so happy. It's everything I wanted out of that game. And it unlocked Area X, which I honestly forget about. So I'm going to go fuck around with that eventually after we're done with the recording here. Yeah, I've... Ah, crap. I'm going to hate myself for forgetting the name. But there was another game that came out that was kind of like rhythm-based and very neon and high colors and fast-paced. And I just... People were praising it, and I'm I'm sure it is a good game, but I could not understand why at all. Like, Even for me, it felt like it didn't even sync up to the music. But it was oh. a very clubby dubstep, like electronic music. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not. My ears aren't tuned to that. Well, that's the cool thing. Like I don't know. This is the old soundtrack from the original Res, so it's nothing like too like dubstepy or anything. It's just like this old like '90s trance shit. But it's like really I don't know. Everything does sync up with the music really well. I'm sure you could listen to the soundtrack alone and be like, "Wow, this is good." But it's almost like a different experience because as you listen to the soundtrack and play the game, everything you're doing like enhances the sounds you're hearing so it like changes the the music you're listening to but uh that game so fucking good i really hope to beat that soon and then last on my list is i'm still playing the mobile game abyssrium the one the aquarium that you have underwater it's so fucking good and they had an update come out where it's like an event time so till the end of halloween they're doing like this cool like they deck out your your rock with all these little jack-o'-lanterns and and candles and shit it's really adorable and then you can also like when you do this one skill you have it'll bring up the moon and it's got all sorts of like little halloween bits and bobs but they also give you the ability to unlock a bunch of halloween fish so you can get ghost fish bone fish uh ghost dolphins bone dolphins fucking all sorts of like skele- uh skeleton uh, turtles and shit. I'm trying to unlock them all because I really want to do that like during this event time. So like it's as 
we're recording. It's like halfway through October. So it's a lot of work, but I think I might be able to do it. But the last two that I need to unlock are the ghost ray and the bone whale, which I don't know if I'll be able to pull it off, but I really want to. Uh, it's a lot of work though. Like I said, the bone whale sounds like a really gross fat guy. You knew in college who used to just hunt down sex. Any God. Chance of that. <laughs> Speaking of the bone whale. <laughs> oh God, no. <laughs> I think, uh, it, it would. <laughs> oh, wait, before you know we do I this, wait, 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 wait. Uh, maybe we shouldn't talk about okay. politics on this yeah, podcast. No, we really shouldn't because I, there's one more thing. <laughs> there's one more thing I wanted to mention on, uh, just uh, on Upper Serum before we go off on tangents or whatever we're going to do. Uh, is the fact that it also has the ability for VR, which you're thinking, oh, this mobile game. Um, it's pretty cool. Like I put on my Google cardboard, checked it out. Like now that my like air, my whole like aquarium super decked out, I have like a shitload of coral, like nearly 60 fish and stuff. Like it's, it's ridiculous. So I popped on the cardboard and it's just really breathtaking. I really think it's cool. Like kind of opens up the door. Like I love this experience that I play every day and now I can kind of just like hop in virtually. It's pretty, it's cool. But one complaint is that my girlfriend now is like, she sees me playing it all the time and she wants to play. So she got it on her tablet and you can't do VR obviously on the tablet. And the one thing that stinks is like the aspect ratio or something about like how HD the game is. It loses quality on the larger tablets and thing and devices. So like on my phone, everything looks HD as hell, but on her tablet, it's kind of a little fuzzy. Yeah, it was probably made for phones and then got like ported to a tablet or something. Yeah, that's what I suspect too. Yeah, but so, I understand like the seasonal event of that of having like you know spooky fish. But like, if I went over some guy's house and he had an aquarium full of skeleton turtles and like skeleton fish, like that's a shitty aquarium. Like you're a bad pet. <laughs> like you let everything die and you just kept the bones in there. Yeah, but these bone Unless fish it was swim. <laughs> But, uh, alright, so, but I do have a game of What's That Sound ready, unless we have any, like, kind of newsy bits before we do that. Anything last- Newsy! Newsy, I say! Da, 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 da. Oh, god damn it. No, do we have any kind of last things before we play a game? Uh, there's a few things going on. Uh, you remember how Harry Potter ended? Because it's not. Oh, apparently- no, it should've. <laughs> apparently what? the Fantastic Beast like, movie- uh, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them- apparently he's getting, like, five more movies or something. Five? I don't know. It's like turning into like a crazy trilogy or like French. It's turning into its own franchise. So get ready for that to a horse to be just beaten into a fine dust. No. Uh, every game you were ever looking forward to within this year, skin delayed. Friday oh, yeah. Thir- Fucking Friday Cuphead. 13, Cuphead. Uh, The Last Guardian. Pretty much if you were looking to anything within this year, it's getting delayed. Just assume it is. Mm. Oh my god! Don't trust release dates; they never are accurate. Yeah, that Cuphead shit sucks. But I, I honestly hope that means they're just gonna make sure it's extra good. <laughs> oh, it's so good. That's never what it means. <laughs> That's never ever what it means. No, uh, you're right. Apparently, they're adding a single player now, which I assumed there was one, but I guess not. Um, what else? Beyond Good and Evil. The classic Ubisoft, back when they weren't such a garbage company, uh, is free this month for anyone who has Uplay or a Ubisoft Club subscription uh, for PC. Oh, so nice. if you were forced to sign up for that piece of shit service to play one of their games, now you can actually get a good game from it uh, during, I think, until mid-November. 
uh, I played Beyond Good and Evil fairly recently. Like it came out in two thousand three, and I think I played it in college. So it still holds up. It's it's definitely not perfect. Like some aspects haven't aged very well, but it overall it's still a solid game. And maybe one day the sequel will come out. Maybe like where their great great grandchildren will play it, but not anytime soon. Uh, what else is happening? Oh, apparently there's <laughs> No Man's Sky still somehow in the news. God knows how. Uh, but apparently it's getting a lot more heat because people are questioning, is it illegal to release misleading game trailers and screenshots? The answer is yes, that's false advertisement. That's already a law. But this topic is coming up again because of No Man's Sky. So people are getting up in arms about it. So apparently there might be more cracking down on like game trailers specifically and screenshots for new games coming out. I don't know. People it's advertising always know that advertisement is lying to you all the time. Like, there's no truth in advertisement. So, sort of like in a similar vein, a friend had gotten a job at this company called Magic Leap. But, so Magic Leap is this company that uh, is making, like, this VR system. And it seems cool. Like, imagine an Oculus Rift, but, like, it's flat. Like, it's like a pair of glasses. Um, hmm. And it's not, like, the size of a... a an Oculus Rift. <laughs> a small um, dog strapped to your face. Yeah, exactly. So it just looks like a regular pair of glasses that like a nerd would wear um, with like nerd. super thick lenses that like could basically pick up cable television. And the <laughs> idea is what, <laughs> what they're trying to do is render light fields. So mm, one of the reasons why VR isn't great is because your eyes are focusing on a flat screen, right? And every pixel on that screen is just putting out light as a single ray pointed into your eyes. But what that means is when your eyes go to focus on things, it's it, the lenses in your eyes are trying to adjust. And because those pixels don't move, your eyes can't focus on things, right? So that's why VR is really... So it, it causes all that like motion sickness and and... Um, makes your eyes hurt and gives you a headache and so on and so forth. Um, certainly there are other factors, but that's one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. And so what these guys want to do is they want to do VR minus the bulky headset, and they want to do it with light fields, which effectively means instead of a single pixel putting out a ray of light, it's putting out a cone of light. Um, hmm. And your eyes can refocus and look at things in the distance or look at things up close. Um, and they're doing it with like this sort of weird technology that they've come up with. And we were, we were talking about like my coworker and how he's got get, uh, getting a job there, a former coworker and how he's getting a job there. And we went to their website and we're looking at all the demos of this technology and all of its renderings. Like there's, there's not a single actual demo of the headset at all. Period. Ooh, that's a <laughs> bad it's, sign. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, like, I really want, my coworker to be happy and succeed and like it's cool mm-hmm. that he's getting a cool job but like at the same time it seems like kind of a scam <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah kind you of know, like because like all of the all of the demos that they have it's like oh built with magic leap technology and it's like yeah but like that's not with the actual hardware right like when i see this thing on my screen and it's 60 frames per second but it's not running through this tiny little headset that it's supposed to be on it's kind of disingenuous right like anybody can make an augmented reality demo where you know something floats around if they have mm-hmm. like a mac pro with 
you know, four fucking processors and a GPU that can like, I don't know, beat the world's best players at Go, right? But then, you know, you're talking about like a pair of nerd glasses that can do this and do it like on your face. And it it's sort of like, it, it makes it sort of a lie. And so I, I really hope um, no man's, it wasn't no man's sky. Was it crowdfunded? Oh, I, I hope not. I seem to remember don't like it sort of was. I, yeah, I think it was partially. I don't think they got their full budget from it. Well, I, that's how it tends to be. But like, yeah. I feel like there should be responsibilities on the part of either the crowdfunding sites or on somebody should crack down on this, right? Because this is a whole load of bullshit. Because people keep getting burned over and over and over. And I know Kickstarter has policies where they're like, you have to have a working prototype or you have to show like some indication that this is like actually possible. Um, but like time and time again, there are these pieces of technology and games and, and all sorts of really interesting and innovative things that, that pop up and people back them and then it ships and people are like, what the fuck is this? You know, I've certainly got burned by that where it's like, uh, Project Goddess, right? <laughs> this is like one yep. of the first games that we talked about on this show. You know, Peter Molyneux is like, oh, look at this amazing demo. And then it ships and it's a timer farming game, right? There was the, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, that armband that I got, uh, the Mayo. Oh, yeah. You know, super cool. Reads the electrical impulses in your arm to be able to like, control it. Has six gestures. What the fuck are you going to do with that? <laughs> like, what's the point? <laughs> You know, uh, and so LA Game Space that that was like the first thing I ever found. And it was back when Kickstarter like just started. It was like, hey, this is a trustworthy thing. Literally, have never heard anything since. Like that was years ago. Yeah, it's it's been just like an unmitigated shit show mm-hmm. um, of of bullshit, and people keep getting burned over and over and over. And it's it's time that like the FTC steps in. To regulate this stuff, and I realize that doesn't extend outside the United States, and there's tons of loopholes, and like, how do you re- regulate international commerce and stuff like that? Um, but you know, people are duped into thinking like, "Oh no, this one's different. This one's better." But then it's not, and we go down the same rabbit hole time and time again. Like, how many times on this show have we talked about uh, like Kickstarters or crowdfunding campaigns? <laughs> oh, it's in the title of our episodes. There's no. at least three episodes we've done where it's like, don't kickstart stuff. Yeah, I feel like yeah. that should have been partially in our title of our show, because we do talk about it so much. Well, because there's so many games trying to be kickstarted. Like, and at this point, if I hear someone say, like, oh, I got a Kickstarter, like you might as well be saying, like, I got a Nigerian prince over here that'll just send you a big <laughs> wad of money. Like it, at this point, oh I associate God. it with scam artists now. Because yeah. it's just never gonna happen. Which is a shame because yeah. there's plenty of good stuff out there. But, like, even passion projects where I was, like, a comedian I like was trying to do, like, an indie film. I was like, I'll throw some money that way, like, 50 bucks. Never heard anything from it again. And it's like, oh, this animator's trying to get an episode done. Never heard anything from it again. Like, I threw 100 bucks at that. Like, I haven't gotten shit from that. So, like, everything I've tried, I've gotten nothing in return. Yandere Simulator. <laughs> that one, luckily, isn't taking donations. Which is a good thing because once again it's been years and I understand the guy's working hard and it's taking a lot from him, but he's also getting like thirty thousand a month or something from Patreon. It's funny, I mentioned Path to the Sky earlier. That was one of those that fell off the map for a long ass time and then all of a sudden it was just like, Oh yeah, here you go and I was like, Fuck like I was very very grateful to finally have it, but like oh I remember being pretty annoyed that like there was no word on the development until just like and there was no word on it just, like, randomly, like, launching either. It was very, like, strange. 
Yeah, but like Shenmue 3, they did a Kickstarter for that, and it was clearly only a, por- a very small fraction of the actual budget that they would be using, because it was like only $2 million or something. Like, no way you can make a game for that. And and at this point, most companies are just using Kickstarter as like a PR thing. Like, it's not actually about getting money for the game or paying people back. It's about just getting the word out as another social media site. Uh, Fig.co, the one with Tim Schafer and Psychonauts 2, they released a video, and they redid... uh. Uh, I forget his name, uh, Rasputin from Psychonauts in the Unreal Engine to show you, like, hey, this is what it's going to look like. It was literally nothing that they haven't done in Psychonauts 1. It was just done in the Unreal Engine. And it's like, I would be furious if I actually donated money or, you know, put money towards that. And this is what I'm getting in return. Like, it's nothing new. So, like, it's at this point, I just associate crowdfunding with, like, scams now. Not, not purposely yeah. scam, not, like, purposely malicious. But knowing that I'm never going to get that money returned to me or a product I, in return. I would argue that big companies, like companies with backing from like Sony, should not be allowed to crowdfund, right? Like Indiegogo mm-hmm. and Kickstarter are two of the largest crowdfunding sites, and they should just outright ban companies with these multi million or even multi billion dollar budgets from operating a crowdfunding campaign. Right? Like if yeah. all you're doing is trying to trump up business, but you have the money to do it if you really wanted to, like you should have to fund your own stuff. Yeah. Right? Especially yeah. when there's such a risk of people putting down money on this and then not getting what they expect. Right. Because guess what? They also do pre-orders, right? It's not like these oh, games God. are like, Oh, this is like a small indie thing within a bigger company. Like, no, like you're <laughs> a giant fucking company and you're going to do pre-orders on this. And you're probably going to have DLC at some point. And there's probably going to be some sort of like free to play aspect um, where like you can buy things in the game and send more money to Sony. Right. Yeah. Like, and this happens time and time again, and people keep getting duped into it. And it it just doesn't make any sense at all. And and it's so dishonest, and it it's starting to make Kickstarter look bad. Like, the fact that we're even talking about this now, we're like, yeah, it shouldn't be allowed. Like, people are getting screwed. Like, why isn't Kickstarter saying, hey, maybe we should, like, focus on our target base, like our, mm-hmm. our target audience and, like, the target campaigns that we really care about, that we really want to be successful? And prevent anybody else from fucking around, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. But then now there's so many spinoff, like you said, Indiegogo and uh, GoFundMe and like all these other websites that are now doing similar stuff too. So it's just mm-hmm. like all of them I have to crack down. Like it's not just Kickstarter. But Yeah. I, and, and something that I see that's more and more common is um, companies doing like their own little mini uh, sort of Kickstarter on their own website where it's like just their campaign like by itself. Yeah. Straight to And that. that's even very dishonest. And I feel like that shouldn't be allowed, right? Like the FTC or, you know, whatever governing body uh, for each respective country, I think uh, the UK is probably the second biggest in terms of like sources of these problems. Um, they should sit down and say like, hey, you can't arbitrarily raise money for something that may or may not happen. For right? hopes. Like, exactly. Like you can't just hang on to people's money with the promise of giving them something at some point. And if it's not, if it doesn't ever deliver, there's no protections that people get their money back. There's no way to assume that people aren't going to get charged. You know, like how many people have backed something, their money has been taken when they back it. And then it just never, it never ships. 
it's, yeah. it's far too common. Well, yeah. yeah, there's the contingency plan with Kickstarter where it's like, oh, we don't charge you until the whole thing is funded. It's like, yes, exactly. but there should be a second contingency where you don't actually, like, they get the money, but you should also get a refund if it's never actually accomplished. I agree, yeah. Well, and on top of that, you like I said, there's all these other websites that, that people start up on their own with, like, fucking Word pl- WordPress plugins or whatever that do take your money, right? Yeah, and, and, and that's that should just be outright illegal. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, (laughs) before we get too salty, that was a hell of a rant. Uh, Well, I'll just say the main point is I saw an article that said, "Is there any truth in advertisement in video games?" No, there's no truth in any advertisement ever. They're trying to get your money. That's that's, the end of it. Don't believe advertisement ads on this podcast. We actually had a couple of opportunities to do that, and we turned it down because fuck that. While we talk about podcasts, that's annoying enough for you guys. I turned away money for you people. Do you hear that? (laughs) I'm poor as shit. I turned away money for you you people. Did you ever add your bank details to the uh, tip jar on Pinecast? Let's play What's That Sound. All right, guys, so we're playing What's That Sound. Uh, I got three sounds for us today. I'm interested to see if we can pull this off. Uh, Let's listen to sound number one now. I'm the reason for all of this. They call me a killer, a monster, a terrorist. I'm all of these things. Three weeks ago, someone released a lethal virus in Penn Station. I woke up in a morgue. Now I hunt. I kill I consume. I become. I'm gonna find out who did this to me. And I'm gonna make him pay. Alright, uh, thoughts? Alright. I got two guesses. Oh, that's good. And Basta, I'm sure, is kind of stumped. What are you thinking, man? I think this is uh, from Taken the Video Game. <laughs> no, but I'll count it as a guess. Did they make right, a game that, out of that? Put that in the guess book. I hope not. <laughs> I sure hope not. I wouldn't be surprised. They make games out of everything. Pretty uh, much. Oh my I, god. Did they? Oh, holy shit. They may have they made a video game out of this. Oh, <laughs> game or no game. Quick round. Taken? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm going to say yes for that. <laughs> I'm going to check it out, actually. Oh, but, it's, it's, it's not based on the movie. It's uh, <laughs> oh, disappointing. It's, it was actually called Tekken, the vi- but. It's <laughs> Boo. Uh, sorry, I sound a little distant because I'm at my other computer. I, I have this the game I'm thinking of. I own it, but I can't for the life of me think of what it's called. Oh shit! Like so, I'm, I'm gonna just try and look through my Steam library. So what before. you're saying is you're cheating. You're a cheater. <laughs> yeah, you cheater. It's- you give me. I just don't know the name. You give me shit for cheating on Peggle, which I haven't played in months now. <laughs> Uh, okay, here it is. Uh, prototype. Yeah, dude, that's it. Yeah. Holy hell, it was actually worth the research. Good job. Because I rec- I heard Penn Station, and I was thinking it might be the Division when they said like virus and stuff, because that's I think whatever plot the Division has. Uh, but then it was like consuming and like all this, and it was prototype, which is actually pretty fun. If you just want like a crazy power fantasy game where you're just like a monster tearing up New York, play that game. It's fun. 
Yeah, it's funny. A listener of ours reached out, uh, Pat. He said that he was playing Prototype and saying he was having a good time. So I figured, hell, I'll use it as a What's That Sound and see if anyone would get that. I, I saw it was in your Steam library, so I'm like, hopefully Bren will figure that one out. But you did. Good job. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's just, you're just a crazy monster tearing up the city and you just absorb people. It's, imagine like a symbiote from Spider-Man, but not with the Marvel licensing. Yeah, it totally looks interesting. But all right, let's move on to sound number two. Let's see if you guys pulled this one off. I got it. What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking, Basta? I don't know. I'm going to let you give a few guesses because I'm sure Bren's got it. Yeah, I know what it is. I'm surprised you haven't played this, Basta. I'm surprised you guys it have sort been of doing... sounds Well, it sort of sounds like Super Mario Galaxy. No, but I'll count it as a guess. Like not... all the little zips and shit. Yeah, like not all a... little zips and zoops. It's funny. The last time we played What's That Sound, I did the the Luma. So, nope. I We're not oh, going there go. again. See, yeah. already, already, already wasted that opportunity. This is what I get for not listening to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody does. No, we actually have been getting quite a lot of <laughs> new subscribers, so... Nobody listens to our show. You hear that, people listening? You're nobody to No! Us. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Oh, man. I'm a dick. <laughs> Or am I the dick for pointing it out? Ah, uh, who knows? We'll settle with both. We're uh, both dicks. I need a guess from Basta, though. Other than Super Mario Galaxy, because I'm fairly positive Brent's got this. Yeah, I know what it is. Uh, um, Tabletop Simulator 2016. <laughs> Tabletop. Right. I have no idea. <laughs> no worries. Nope. It's, uh, what is it, Brent? Fez. Yes, it is Fez. You got it. Um, so oh, you got Fez. Fez. Thoroughly enjoyed it, but Christ Almighty, I'll never finish it. There's a lot of stuff to that game. I haven't actually played Fez other than like at GameStop where they have like those little demo things, little demo stations. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I feel like I I played it only very briefly um, because the I I I feel like I remember the guy that makes it being a real dick, <laughs> Phil Fish. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't too fond of him. There was the documentary. I think it's like indie game. The documentary, and it's about the two guys that created Super Meat Boy, who Ed McM- Edmund McMullen, who created Binding of Isaac. So I'm biased, and I love them. Uh, the guy that created uh, uh, Braid, who then created the Stranger, or what was the other game? The Witness. Witness. That's it. Yeah, he okay. also created Witness, which I was not a fan of, and. I've actually had someone disagree with me. One of the fans uh, called me off for it, which I'm fine with. And then, uh, yeah, <laughs> Phil Fish was also in that for Fez. And he definitely came off the most, like, manic, sort of, like, aggressive. Like, his whole story was, like, a big falling out with him and his, like, partner, like, who worked on the game. So it was, yeah, he can be <laughs> a polarizing character. Interesting. Well, hell, you guys uh, won What's That Sound, but I do have a, th- a third sound and a, a bonus clip if we need it. A so, bonus clip? Yeah, let's see. Also known uh, as sound four. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Sound <laughs> number three, I think you're going to get, though, by context clues. But let me know if you get this. All right. <laughs> 
Honey, what's going on over there? <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yep, I know what this is. Anyway, I have a surprise for the whole family. A free trip to the aquarium! Yay! I know you think aquariums are festering prisons of iniquity, but I've got to write an article for the paper. Can't you make an exception this time? For me? <laughs> is this is this Octodad? Yes! <laughs> Dadlier catch. Dadly's cast, yes. Oh, dude. And the, all right, now since you guys called it out, listen to the the next clip. It's just something we all have to take a like twenty seconds to enjoy. It is the catchiest thing ever by accident. I feel like that will thing. get stuck it in says, your head. He's got a good thing going. Does he really, though? <laughs> Does no, Dr. Dad really have anything going for him? No, those lyrics are questionable. But And they also say nobody <laughs> suspects this thing. The wife is always going, hmm, I think she's on to him. I mean, she also had children with him. So, like, I feel or like she's Isn't he, like, taking his identity? Ago. I don't know. I mean, listen, if you're into some of that Japanese porn, <laughs> all that's perfectly normal. Oh, God. Well, that was what's that sound. <laughs> I remember Octo- the first Octodad was like great, but it was done by, I think, like three guys in college or something. Like It was a small team. And it was just wacky and silly, and it was like quap and all that. And then Octodad Dadlier Catch came out, and everyone's like, man, now that you got some money and got some funding behind it, it lost all of its charm. Like, it's not it's not nearly as good. Yeah. No, well, hey, we made it to the end of the episode. Let's do some plugs. We made Wait, it. Can- we finally got here. We yeah. finally <laughs> trudged through this piece of crap podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, where can listeners find you, Matt? Um, working on Pinecast at pinecast.com. If you're looking to host yourself a podcast, um, come check it out. It's, it's pretty good. I'd, I'd like to think. Um, <laughs> we're tad biased. Yeah. You can, uh, also, uh, come to our subreddit, which we've got now, which is reddit.com slash r slash pinecast. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Matt Basta, M-A-T-T-B-A-S-T-A. Awesome. And how about you, Bren? Uh, ABTS Brendan on Twitter and yeah I'm a mod on the subreddit which is great because people ask questions and then I secretly message Matt and then he'll tell me the answer I reply <laughs> to the answer and then he also replies to that original post in the subreddit calling me out and then I realize I messed up the message it's fine well done it <laughs> cool so you can look to troll Bren there and uh, yep. <laughs> listen it. if you like our show please give us a like or follow on Facebook and Twitter our handles ABT Silence I personally Twitch stream every Tuesday and Thursday at 8pm Eastern Standard Time over at twitch.tv slash ABT Silence um, and yeah if you're a listener and you're not subscribed on iTunes please 
give us a subscribe. It really helps us out. And tell some friends because, yeah, we've been seeing a boatload of people joining the army of our listeners. So we feel bad for you, but we're very grateful. The army. The uh, small army nation. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. But uh, thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. I'll miss you.